RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we're here in Lawfather headquarters, right here in Lawfather studio. And we are talking about COVID vaccines today and uh, you know, what does that mean and what can an employer do and not do in it. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to give Radio Influence a big shout out and a big thank you for uh, doing a great job producing the show as always. And uh, take a look at all the other shows uh, on Radio Influence uh, as well. Um, most of them are probably a whole lot better than, than this podcast. But hey, you know, those guys are more used to doing radio and uh, well... I'm just a lawyer who happens to have a podcast. So how about that? Anyway, uh, check us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, maybe we'll do some dances soon on TikTok. I don't know. Um, and live streaming this on Clubhouse. Um, God knows what that really is and what that really means. But hey, it's on there. So if you like Clubhouse and you want to, I guess, chat during the show, uh, I have it up on my phone right here in front of me. So Let's talk about vaccines and whether or not employers can require vaccinations. All right. And this is vaccinations have become a hot topic in Florida. Uh, there's been some lawsuits with the, the cruise industry and Governor DeSantis and uh, these quote unquote vaccination passports. Uh, some cities and some states in the country have required people to have vaccines to basically be out in public. Uh, Florida has said, Nope, we're not going to do any of that, and we're going to rely solely on personal choice. So that's where we stand here in the state of Florida. But let's take a deeper dive look, uh, because what I found in looking at this, there's a, a law school professor who was required to be vaccinated, although had had coronavirus, and said, hey, I went to his doctor, and the doctor said, well, you have natural immunity to COVID. So therefore you don't really need the vaccine. So he went back to the school and said, well, my doctor says, and here's the note that says, well, I don't have to be vaccinated because I have a natural immunity to it. So there was some back and forth on it. This professor ended up filing a lawsuit through, uh, through one of the civil liberties, uh, type, uh, type, uh, law firms in, in the country. And, the basis of it is that, hey, he has a choice whether or not to be vaccinated. You can't force him to be vaccinated. Now, the school has actually come back and they've said, hey, we're going to give you an exemption to the vaccination. So therefore, uh, you don't have to have it. Although this professor is continuing on with the litigation, which, you know, the, the courts don't generally like tackling issues that are what's called moot, meaning that they, they're, the issue isn't an issue anymore, right? So the issue was that this professor said, I don't think I should have to be vaccinated. So therefore, I'm not going to be vaccinated. And the school says, yes, you do. So he files the lawsuit. So that's our issue, right? One says he has to. He says he doesn't have to. Well, now they've essentially come to an agreement that says he doesn't have to. So now there's not really an issue. So to me, from that standpoint, that case... I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that case goes away, but this show today isn't truly about that particular case. It's about you who's listening, whether you're a business owner or an employee, right? Because there's lots and lots of considerations that come into play for this, and it really comes from both sides of the table, okay? And by both sides of the table, I mean the employee and the employer. 
So let's look at a couple things because there are a couple federal agencies that have weighed in on this topic and have published opinions on this. And it's pretty good authority. Okay, when you're talking about what employers can and cannot do, the U.S. Equal, Oppor- Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is a really great place to look, right? Because as an employer, if I'm following something that the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is telling me I can do, or I'm, or I, I'm following something they say I can't do, you know, either way, if, as long as I'm following their guidance, I'm not really violating anything because, hey, I, I have this federal agency that's telling me how I can act and how I can proceed. So what the Equal, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, that is a mouthful. I think it's the EEOC is uh, the shortened version of it. But here's the basics of it. Unless it creates an undue hardship on the employer, accommodations must be provided for, dis, for those with disabilities under the American with Disabilities Act or strongly held religious beliefs. So what they're saying is, is, and and this this applies across the board. This isn't just for vaccinations, but they've come out and said this applies to vaccinations as well, that that this concept of that, unless it creates an undue hardship. So if somebody has uh, something that, uh, if somebody has a disability that falls under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and it's a specified list of things that do qualify. So you may have a condition that, is a quote-unquote disability, and I'm not even going to use an example because it's not right to, okay, because if someone believes that that they have a disability, then that's that's their held belief. However, okay, this is not an infinite list of disability pieces. This is a singular list that is published by the EEOC and the Americans with Disabilities Act, okay? And if you fall under that specific list, then unless it creates an undue hardship for an employer, the employer needs to provide you accommodations. They need, they need essentially to provide you a workaround, okay? Or if you have strongly held religious beliefs, that employer has to provide you a workaround, all right? Now, let's look at part two of this. We have the U.S. Department of Justice. Another really good authority, right? We have a federal agency, not just some lowly federal agency, the U.S. Department of Justice. It's almost as high as you get in the federal government. They say businesses are not prohibited from requiring COVID vaccines. All right. So, look, there it is. We have two federal agencies that have said, hey, look, businesses can do this. Now, let's look at what undue hardship is because when you look at it on its face, you go undue hardship. Well, you know, that employer must have to show something pretty serious, right? That, that, Hey, if, uh, you know, if it's really, really bad, then, Hey, you know, then, then they can't require it. Right. But here's the issue, right? Here's the issue for employees. Here's where the employers have it really good is that the ability to show an undue hardship the, the threshold for that, the, the bar that you have to get over is really, really, really low, okay? Essentially, you just have to be able to show, and we're going to use the COVID example for it, that it really could be considered an undue hardship to have a single unvaccinated employee and use the rationale that that single unvaccinated employee could get COVID and expose other employees to COVID. It's that simple. 
that from a legal standpoint could likely be the bar to get over. The undue hardship concept is based on case law. And this case law is very well settled. It's very old. And the threshold point for it, the points you have to get over is very, 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 very low. Okay. It can't be that the company has to spend lots and lots of money to get over this disability, right? It's a, what the court has described as a de minimis amount, meaning very, very, very low. Okay. So the law is on the side of the employer. Now, as a business owner and a lawyer, I can't say I'm upset with that, right? I like that the law gives me the ability to make some decisions, right? Now, here's the other issue, and this is for those employers out there. I don't think your issue is legal, okay? I really don't because you have the ability to essentially do whatever you want. There's Walmart is requiring it for people in their corporate office. Uh, there's uh, the uh, Department of Defense, the U.S. Department of Defense has asked for federal approval to require vaccines. Now, look, you guys, uh, those of you who have listened to any of these speeches by the president, it yeah, I, I can't. Yes, they are asking for approval, okay, because that's how they have to do it. I can't imagine a scenario where they don't get it because the message from the president has been ultra clear, right? We're going to require federal employees and we're going to ask private businesses to do the same. Now, we can't force private businesses to do the same, but we're going to ask them to, okay? So employers are not going to run into a legal roadblock in this if they want to require people to be vaccinated if they want their employees to be vaccinated here's your issue that's going to come up it's going to be a business related issue it really is okay now look i i own a business i got jason sitting here he owns god help him he, he works in he has service industry bars restaurants uh, you know, I have a hard time finding paralegals and receptionists. Okay. I, I can't imagine. I, and I talked to him and it's, it's he's, he's sitting over here laughing and shaking his head because it is brutal in the service industry to find anybody to work right now, Jason, how, how hard would it be if you had to say all my employees have to be vaccinated? Would you be able to fill your, your service positions? He, he's saying no. And I fully believe it. And, and quite frankly, from my standpoint, I'd love to have my office. I'd love to be able to say, hey, we have to have everybody vaccinated. We work a lot with the general public. You know, we have a lot of people in the office. And you know what? It's a small enough office that if one person goes down and takes everybody else down with them for a couple of days, it's going to have a severe impact. Okay. But from the other side of the fence, I go, well, if I require this and people start walking out, I can't really replace them. I've had two open positions now for two and a half, three months that I can't find any qualified candidates for. I just can't. Uh, I've had receptionists who have applied who want to work remotely. Now, if you can find me a way to work reception remotely, please hit me up, lawfather at tampalawfather.com because I'd love to hear how I can make that work, okay? I finally found a receptionist that lasted two hours because... She realized that the job involved answering phones. Um, that is actually the main part of being a receptionist is answering the phones. Okay. So for us business owners out there, this is issue is less legal related than it is business decision related. Okay. So keep that in mind. And what, 
what we're going to see, I think, is that there are more employees in in the group of that they just don't want to get the vaccine versus the ones sitting there and saying, I have religious and medical reasons not to get the vaccine. Okay. Here's the reality. And this has become a highly politicized issue. Okay. And if we want to trace this all the way back, okay, just try to go find some video of when Trump was president and this vaccine was just starting to roll out and you have president Biden who was not president at the time and vice president Kamala Harris, who was not vice president at the time. Okay. Go find their videos. Go find, there's a couple other videos of some pretty prominent, pretty prominent politicians who said, I will never, ever, ever get that vaccine because one of them, I quote, Trump's fingerprints are on it. Think about that for a second. We are talking about something that should have no political agenda whatsoever, okay? And now how the tides have turned. Now we have Biden and Harris and the Democrats saying, go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine. And now it seemingly is the Republican people who are saying, not, and I don't mean the politicians, I mean, I mean people who identify as Republicans saying, it is my right to not get the vaccine, we have turned something that is medical and we have turned it political. We have turned something that is not within the confines of the United States. We have turned something that is a worldwide issue. Okay. Think about that for a moment. This is not something that is confined to the borders of the United States. This is happening everywhere and we have turned it into a political issue. Okay. So, if you look in the EEOC and the U.S. Department of Justice, a valid reason for saying I don't want to get the vaccine and you can't stop me, Mr. Employer or Miss Employer, from forcing me to get that vaccine is because I politically object to it. That is not one of the legally recognized reasons. So think about that. But as an employer, also think about that there are there is a significant group of employees in the I just don't want to group. And at a time when God knows why, we can't find any employees. And as I mentioned, Jason was shaking his head laughing in here about his struggles in finding employees. It's going to be really difficult to really hold people's feet to the fire on this one. Um, So keep that in mind, those of you who are business owners and those of you who are employees, keep in mind that an employer can force you to. And from something I saw on the Law Street, Wall, not Law Street, Wall Street Journal, that there are more, more employers requiring vaccination for new employees uh, than, than there has been before. So that is that. So keep that in mind as you're looking for jobs or as you're looking to hire people. Uh, so employers, short version, employers can require vaccinations and they can require you to show it uh, except in Florida you can only ask you can't require proof so there you go we uh, we have some interesting things going on here in Florida let's switch gears here a little bit let's end the show with a listener question coming in um, so as always you can text me 855 lawfather or you can hit me up on email lawfather at tampalawfather.com or actually anywhere on social media you can send me a question uh, via any direct message but here's the question do lawyers make you pay up front very good question and let's look at this from the personal injury lawyer perspective right that's what i am 
right? Car crashes, slip and falls. Um, we don't really do dog bites, but a dog bite would fall under that same category. Medical malpractice falls under that same category, although it's slightly different in terms of the fees. Workers comp falls under that category as well. But once again, the fees are different. But all of those things make up personal injury. Products liability also falls under under that category. Basically, anytime that you're hurt as a result of someone else, right? Essentially, anytime you're hurt as a result of somebody else's negligence, that makes up the big broad umbrella of personal injury. For the most part, right? And I have a buddy who does some personal injury work that is not on a contingency fee basis, uh, but he works some highly, highly specialized things. Um, but for the most part, probably 99% of the time in personal injury, you're working on what's called a contingency fee, right? So what does that mean? Does that mean that you as the client have to pay up front? Absolutely not. So on a contingency fee, you as the client pay nothing up front, right? So your access to a lawyer is as simple as picking up the phone, talking to a lawyer. You should vet that lawyer and see if it's somebody that you like and that you trust, okay? Take a look at their reviews. Talk to the person. Figure out, do you like what I, do you like what you hear? Do you think that this person's going to do a good job for you? Don't believe all the billboards that you see, okay? Because look, every personal injury lawyer that I know, except for the one, like I said, highly, highly specialized in what he does, right? To the point where it's when I have an issue with the insurance company that is far outside, when there's a policy issue with the insurance company, that's where he comes into play. Okay. And I hire him directly. Okay. That's how, how that works. 99% of the time, are you going to pay anything up front? No, absolutely not. You're only going to pay if you win. Now, one thing I do want to throw out to you as a shameless plug, because, well, hey, my show and well, I don't have to pay for advertising on my own show. It turns out, um, Frankie law promise. Here's what it is. We're going to boil it down to this. We're going to exceed your expectations and you're not going to pay us a dime unless we get you money. And we're going to give you 30 days to make that decision. The Florida bar makes attorneys give you three days. Okay. So three days to make that decision. We give you 30 because we're going to exceed those expectations that you have. Long story short, do you have to pay the lawyer up front for personal injury cases? No, you don't. Other cases, you know, it just depends, okay? Uh, family law can't work on contingency fee. Criminal can't work on contingency fee. Uh, there are some other exceptions to that. But for what we do all day, every day, nothing up front, and the lawyer only gets paid if you get paid. Keep that in mind, all right? That is the show for today. It is the Law Father Podcast right here from Lawfather headquarters. Lawfather out.